Welcome to another episode of Wine and Flight. Who have we got this week, Sophia? So this week we've got Jess Summer from Mouse and Grape. Excellent. Hello, Jess. You've got some cheese, have you? I have, yes. Yes, you're officially our favourite guest. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, bribery to be the favourite guest. And I was just saying earlier, this room is starting to smell quite ripe. It will do, yeah, definitely will do. It's nice. It will feel better once we're tucked into the cheese, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You won't even notice. Yeah, and I'm really excited to taste some cheese and wine today. Yes. Excellent. So, mouse and grape, it's about cheese and wine, so... It is, yes. How did you get into that world? That sounds great. So, my... How Mouse and Grape came about is, I think, how a lot of people's lives have changed since COVID, and it was very much a COVID story really so i used to be a lettings manager in a family business and then i thought i was going to take over that business so i wanted to get some experience working for another company so i got a brand new job on march the 9th 2020 Good so timing. yeah great timing <laughs> so unfortunately or fortunately that job i lost that job after 10 days and i was a bit miserable really because that's what i thought i wanted to do i then realized it wasn't what i wanted to do and i was now stuck in well not stuck you shouldn't say stuck in the family business, but having to help out the family business through COVID when everyone was furloughed. Right. So being miserable turned you on to wine and cheese. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> Which yeah. Which does make sense. Yeah. Well, I was just having a chat with my partner and he was just like, well, what do you love? What, what would you really love to do? And I've always loved cheese and wine. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And because of COVID, I couldn't get a job working in a wine bar or in the industry. So I thought the best way to start it would be to create an Instagram account. And that's how Mouse and Grape came about. So the Instagram launched July 2020, and then I set about doing my WSET qualifications, cheese qualifications as well, which is a real thing. Yes, so many people don't realise that. So what is the cheese qualification? Like, what's the title of it? So it's the Academy of Cheese, and they have, they just launched levels three and four, but it's essentially similar to the WSET, the way that it's structured. But I would argue that the level two is almost as in-depth as level three wine. Okay. Really um, quite quite difficult, but it's really amazing because it gives you such a well-rounded view of the cheese world and the cheese industry, which is Incredible. a whole massive world as well. And was it always cheese and wine from the beginning or was it cheese first and then wine or wine first and cheese? Or was it's, it, it which have of your children? Marriage? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think, I mean... It, it probably was cheese first because I was eating cheese before I was drinking wine. So that probably came first. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think I've just, I've always loved both of them, I would say. It's always been my go-to thing. If I'm going over to someone for a dinner party, I will be bringing some cheese and wine. Mm. And You must yeah. be very popular. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I just, I do love it more than the average person, is what I've come to find. And I get so very excited because by it. it's now your business, do you still take pleasure in eating cheese and drinking wine Absolutely. outside the business hours? Um, that's a really interesting question. I think I probably eat less and drink less now. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the year when I first started, I obviously needed to get as much knowledge and experience as possible, which meant eating and drinking a lot. Um, <laughs> and trying out different combinations and now that I've kind of gone through that process and have tasted a lot I kind of now know I can taste something be like okay well I know the cheese I would pair with that because it's Mm -hmm. got xyz qualities okay so it hasn't spoiled your love of cheese and wine kind of for pleasure no not at all if anything it's just kind of made it more because now I know so much more and Mm -hmm. I've been opened up to so many different varieties of cheeses and they make amazing ones in the UK and then also there's limitless wine varieties yeah. <laughs> and great varieties and exactly. styles and so it kind of feels like an indefinite career and love <laughs> so without um going 
too precise. What is that moment when you went, this cheese and this wine really works? Ooh. When did that match happen? Was there a point or was it just kind of snowballed over lots of experiences? That's a really good question. Um, I'd probably say it has snowballed over time because I think I really loved it, but I wasn't eating mindfully. I wasn't thinking, why does this go with this? Does this go with this? Often when a cheese ball came out, I'd just be eating it, like <laughs> loving it, but not really thinking too much about it. And I think actually it was when doing... Um, no, because that all came before, because I think you're right. It was almost like mouse and grape came first. I knew that I wanted to have a business and I knew that I loved cheese and wine. It was almost like the love and the pairings came second. Mm. But I think when you get a really good example of something that really works, it's almost like I describe it as, have you seen the film Ratatouille? Yeah. And it's like when, when Remy's describing bringing those two flavour characteristics mm. together and you get like a flavour firework explosion <laughs> in your brain. And that's what I get with cheese and wine. I just oh, really I love, love that. sharing that with people. And when yeah. they also get that firework explosion and they're like really hooked on it like oh I get it now I get cheese and wine together mm. and that's really fun I had that once in Tuscany when I was eating some hard cheese like I can't remember exactly what it was like parmesan mm. and I didn't know you could you know I'd only had it sort of grated on pasta yeah I hadn't had chunks of it before like dipped in a bit of balsamic vinegar and like some really nice kind of dry tannic wines from that region and that was a bit of one of those moments where it's like oh my god I didn't know I could eat chunks of parmesan you can yes. you very much can yeah and artisan parmesan as well like the real yeah special quality one is, is just fantastic and that's nice to bring out like at a dinner party or something we've got friends around just like a little board with like some really rough cut up yeah. parmesan a bit of balsamic vinegar drizzled on it yeah it looks don't fantastic you have to have and i'm very much in white wine with cheese camp here so don't you have to oh, have yeah. really properly zingy wine with kind of parmesan because you've got so much salt in there yeah does it need you do. to be it does it needs the acidity it needs the it needs to be fruity you need to have the characteristics there that the salt will then enhance mm. so then you can see a real difference there and uh, be yeah, i agree you kind of do you do need a very fruit forward zingy wine um but then you also with other whites so you're more kind of rounded oak chardonnays or riocas you can do something a bit more creamy because the whole thing with pairing cheese and wine is you're basically looking to create like a harmonious flavour balance and you're either looking for two contrasting things, so you're like sweet and salty, so like your classic port and stilton or your roquefort and sauternes, but then you're also looking for combining two elements which are similar, but they get the best out of each other. Yeah. So they're not overpowering, they're almost coming together and you're getting a better version of each one. Mm -hmm. Like enhancing. Yeah, enhancing, exactly. Because yeah. like, I like how it can completely transform a wine. So if yeah. you have one of those, like I was saying, like a dry sort of tannic wine from Tuscany, it suddenly softens and yes. becomes lovely and fruity with like a sharp, salty yeah. cheese. And what I find at my tasting events is that I, I bring wines, I tend to do like four wines paired with four cheeses, which we have today, yeah. which is great. Um, but what I tend to find is sometimes there are people there who may not like the wine and they're like, oh, it's not really for me. But then when they try it with the cheese, mm -hmm. they love it. Yeah. And so it's just nice to kind of show people that you, different ways of eating and drinking, basically. Yeah. It's like eating and drinking for fun rather than because you're hungry. Exactly. Can I tell you something? that might horrify you. Go on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is it something to do with plastic American cheese? Absolutely not, no. I, I did not eat cheese for the first oh, 21 years of my life. Really? What? And the thing that turned me on to cheese was wine. 
Yeah. And I started having, I, the thing is, if you're in the wine trade, especially if you're doing tastings, and I was doing a lot of hen parties when I started with cheese and wine. <laughs> that's, that's what I yeah. do a lot of now. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good way to get started in wine. But uh, I used to go to cheesemonger, Stefan, lovely Provence guy in um, Bath. We tried some of his cheese in the first episode, mm. but um, he would give me a little shame. like, oh God, okay, I've got to eat this. And I'd taste it and I'd go, mm, yeah, nice. And then you taste it more in your palate, just And in adulthood, my taste t- changed to yeah. basically eating anything. If it was good, or I knew the chef was good, I'd try it, even yeah. if I'd always hated it, I'd give it a go. And I'd start trying lots of things. Similar thing happened going to him every you know couple of days to get more cheese for these tastings. And then starting to have the wine and just having a bit with it. And the thing that really pushed it over the edge was Stilton and a late harvest dessert wine right oh, from Hungary. Nice. Amazing. And... I used to do my accounts at the end of the month when we started novel, and just to get through it, to have a big wedge of blue stilton <laughs> and a bottle of uh, fairy tale that dessert wine. Very decadent. It, it was does. great. It sounds I mean, great. If you're ever going to do your accounts, that's the way to finish it. <laughs> well, my kind. I, mean, of... I don't know how accurate they would be. <laughs> no, after yeah, that that's bottle. true. After, after, yeah. The, after the bottle, that's no, really funny. No, 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 no audits. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, like comfort cheese and comfort food. I think cheese is definitely up there with that. But I think that you, my like go-to one where I kind of think about it a lot is like Gorgonzola Dolce. Yeah. But with gooey. like, yeah, really gooey and creamy and um, but like with the saltiness and it, yeah, it's just delicious. But that's so nice with either like a sparkling Asti um, or you could do like a sweet wine as well. So I think that there's a specific one which is called Tozzi Gorgonzola. And I think they're reopening in London. They closed during the pandemic, but... Oh my god! I'm literally going to be bringing everyone there and sending like all this cheese everywhere because it, yeah, it's amazing. Really yeah, good. It's a chai asti and blue cheese. That sounds great. It's like, yeah, yeah. Works and when really you, well. as soon as you said that, I thought yeah, blue cheese with pear goes really well, and yeah. like you get those little pear grapey notes mm-hmm. in the asti. Makes sense. It does. Right, it does. all this wine and cheese. Talk, yeah, I think my we mouth. Need, is we need watching. some wine. Yes, um, great. Just look at the whites because I've tried yours, Sophia. I think have you? Have you tried mine? I have. I have had that wine. Yeah. So I picked this because it's from Rueda, and I went to Rueda earlier this year in Spain. Um, I haven't. I didn't drink um, a lot of Bodeco before going there, and now I'm really sort of switched on to it. Um, it is a lovely variety, this is 100% Deco, um, it is high acidity, uh, mineral, but this one has been aged on the lees for a little bit, um, which rounds it out, gives it some complexity, a little bit of warmth and a little bit of toastiness, um, but I find these wines go very well with cheese, which Fantastic. is why I chose it to try and win you over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it, I have a Vodeco, Rodeo Vodeco in one of my hampers. Actually. Oh, gee. yeah, I do, I do, yeah. And it's, it goes really well. Well, as you both know Vodeco, can I ask you something? Do you think this smells a little bit like a swimming pool? I have this with all the Deco wines. I get this fresh swimming pool smell and then all the peach and the mm. rolling fruit and the lemon and all that sort of stuff. So you I always start with No, no, like a it's like a fresh water smell. Mm. But it's maybe it's salinity, um, it might be just yeah, the saltiness. I think smell. I think the saltiness definitely. I think a little bit like marzipan, or there's some it's kind a, of like yeah. that almond vibe. Five, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't say what it is. So it's called Celeste Vadeco. Um, mm. It's from Pago del Cielo, I think that's how you <laughs> say it. Um, it means payment of 
heaven or payment from heaven, okay. which is really sweet, I think. And basically it means because um, the vines are grown at really high altitude and the winemaker was like, it's almost like they're whispering to the stars. Oh, it's that's really it's nice. nice. So I like the bottle's very nice as well. It's very pretty. It's got yeah, yeah all of these lovely sort of uh, star constellations. Anyway, bottoms up, guys. Bottoms up. Cheers. Cheers. Rado is a beautiful place to visit as well. Mm. Because you don't realise you're so high up. It all feels like flat, sandy, old vines. Beautiful. See for ages. Yeah. But no, no. the wines are great. Yeah, it's known as um, Spain's island, like um, the Galician coast, mm. because it's so green. Mm. So really clean, really mm -hmm. mineral, really fresh. Yeah. You were talking about smelling salinity, and but you can really taste it. You can, can you? yeah. You can taste a real saltiness to it, but it still yeah. has that freshness. But it's got like an, it's not a harsh acidity. No. Like it, I think that's the oak aging, isn't it? Yeah, so on the leaves. On the leaves, sorry, the leaves yeah. Aging, so it's got the, on the yeast. that kind of round quality. Yeah. Yeah, I What's mean, the alcohol? Because it's quite warming as well. It's mm. a nice warmth to it. It is 13. Yeah, it's a bit freaking high. It's getting warmer. Yeah, it's <laughs> getting warmer. So what, what cheese would you pair with this? So the cheese that I would pair with this is this one here, which is a sheep's milk cheese. It's called um, Napoleon. And it's the one with the dark rind on the on the corner. There you go. It's got it. It's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is from the Pyrenees. And oh, it smells milky. Yeah, it's got a really milky, milky aroma, but also like a bit like popcorny, like mm. kind of caramel, yeah. butterscotchy popcorn. I would never think to describe a wine like that, but now you're saying it, mm. it's like a cheese. 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 <laughs> cheese. She's had one sip of wine. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the, what I also really love about it is it's got like a bit of an oily quality because we, we've we've left it out of, of the fridge and that's mm. what you should do with cheese is you take out about an hour to two hours before you're going to enjoy it. Um, and also a little tip that I know with cheese and a bit like when you swell your wine to aerate it, if you break the cheese in half and then smell in the gap Ooh. that you've broken it, the aromas are going to be more pronounced and then you'll get more from it there. There's also, a slight, for me, a little bit of grassiness to sheep's yeah. cheese as well. There I, are, yeah. Th this um, sheep's cheese generally is always my uh, joker card for wine pairing. Really? I feel like it kind of stands up to mm. a surprising amount when you feel how kind of yeah. you know, mm. light this is. It actually takes on quite a big wine if it yeah, wants Yeah, it to. will do. And it also has a really nice long finish as well, and it, which oh, keeps it's developing. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a really great cheese. Because it's not too overpowering, but it's got no, a it's loads subtle. of flavour though. And, but um, I was going to say that grassy thing that you talked about so that is that from the sheep's diet like yeah it would be it would be down to diet um and she, the farmers and the cheesemakers have so much control over obviously what the animals are eating that will have an effect then on what you're tasting afterwards mm. as well interesting um, so when we're tasting cheese and wine together the best way to do it is if we so we try the cheese first and um, what do you guys think you like the cheese mm -hmm. I, do, I do like the cheese good. Yeah. Good. It's, it's much creamier than you first think it's yes be. yeah it is um, and then if you basically take the cheese and you put it in your mouth and then you leave it in your mouth and then take a sip of wine and then chew it together mm. um, and then obviously swallow and I think what you then find is the pairing kind of combination aspect of it comes at that finishing point is when the flavours combine. Yeah, I think that's a really good pairing because it's 
because it, it's a salty wine, mm -hmm. the cheese is salty, so it's actually bringing the fruit out in the wine, isn't it? Yeah, like, I agree. The fruit tastes a bit more apple-y, like mm -hmm. moving away from the citrus. Yeah, I think I think it works. I think if I the one that I'd pair it with in the hamper um, is a goat's cheese, like a hard goat's cheese, mm. and I think that the goat's cheese is that much more fruity and maybe a bit more acidic. So I think I wouldn't say this was a wow pairing yet, mm -hmm. but I think it definitely works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like okay. it. It's good. Okay. Mm. Lots of lovely um, eating sounds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that producer cat yeah. is hearing right now. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a Vodeco is lovely and it sheep's is. cheese is lovely. And, and it's, it's making me want to go back as well to the wine. Like it's Would you like a little bit more? Oh, yeah, tiny bit more. Bribery. <laughs> there you go, Ben. I know you're enjoying it. I am. Uh, one of the um, things about Vodeco is I've now tried so much of it because we put Vodeco in a can for canned wine. Yeah, so. Oh, do you? Is this a bit of shameless um, plug plugging? Well, I've, I thought I'd mention it. Uh, ours doesn't taste like this, though, because it's, um, it's barrel-aged and fermented, so it's oh, very, like it. very different. Hmm. Yeah, It's almost yeah. like a Bonoffi pie. <laughs> if you try it, that made by nice. Javier Sands, it's very nice. Shameless plug, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Oh, did you know this is from the Torres family as well? So oh, is it? It's okay. like their um, Rue de sort of branch, the Paiga de Chilio. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'm think i really enjoying it. I think it definitely is more of a food wine. Mm. I think I prefer it now that we've been eating with the cheese. fish as yeah. well. It would be great with yes, anchovies. Yes, it would be. It would be. And I think that's probably the point with it being at like 13%. It's quite high. It's almost like needs the balance of the food there. Mm. So, what you got for us well, then? Okay, so mine's actually 13 and a half. Uh-oh. Whoa. Good luck <laughs> so, for a later guest. One up, one, one up on yours. <laughs> we're, going, we're, going, we're going big today then. You beat me at every step. Thank um, you. So I have this, which is freshly arrived from Slovenia. And this is a grape variety you've probably never heard of. It's called Zelen. Um, Zelen. So Zelen is a local grape variety. Uh, and this is made by Tilia Estate. And Tilia is a lovely little winery in the east, uh, sorry, the west of Slovenia. And he's Mr. Pinot Noir. So his day oh. job is making mm. beautiful Pinot Noirs from the Vipava Valley. Um, but this Zelen is, is something a little bit unique and interesting. And when I tried it, because we bought it blind, we said, oh, we'll give this a go. Yeah. It's indigenous, it's interesting. Um, and I tried it and I loved it. So I thought I'd bought it here. Oh, uh, thank you for bringing you it. Look at the colour difference as well, like between mm. the two wines. Like my um, Rueda wine is very pale. Yes. And, and yours is like really pretty, quite golden. Mm. Mm. It's glistening gold like the medal. <laughs> <laughs> like the gold winning medal. But like the medal that it's won, or like the medal you hope to wear after this series. Oh. So because you're close to the Mediterranean here, a little bit peachier, the mm, apple is more peachy. red fruity. It is very peachy. And but it's got that, that nice kind of salty quality to it again as well. Yeah. I'd have thought, like just smelling it first off, you've got a kind of rose petal. And I was thinking, yeah. oh my God, it, sound, it smells like there's some Gewurz or something yeah. in the blend. But no, this Helen grape, never even heard of it. Yeah, it's, I like it because, it, yeah, you're right, it has that floor, almost tram in her mm. nose, right? It's a little bit patty, a little it's bit It's not what they call Gewurz tram in the trade, just tramina. Tramin is a slightly different, oh, it's yeah. not exactly Gewurz, it's something a little bit different, but you find it a lot in Eastern Europe. Okay. Nice. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's more closed, isn't it, than the other, the wine aroma-wise. It's kind of making you search for it a bit more. Mm. And then you open, you drink it. Yeah, and, and, it, it, and opens it opens up, up again. Like I'm excited to try it. It's really, I love the body. It's sort um. of um, a bit more full-bodied and kind of juicy but silky and, yeah, lovely. A little bit of spice as well. Mm. Yeah, there is a spice mm. note to it. I think, I think the red apple peach description is really apt. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a really lovely wine. I could happily, because I think the alcohol in this, even though it's more, I can't taste it as much. Mm -hmm. That Maybe, is true. Yeah, because it's suffered. What um, vintage is it? Uh, 21. So it's young. Same as mine. Yeah. Young, fresh, fruity still. I reckon you could hold on to it for a bit. I'm not sure yeah. I would, because I don't know if it'll get any better, mm. but it could sit yeah, around if you do. forgot about it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I think, that's, I think it's good. So what cheese would do well, this wine? I would be out of the ones that we have because I'm going to be sa I'm saving the the aged Gouda and the Stilson for the Reds. Okay. So I yep. think I would go with probably the aged Cheddar. Oh, I, yeah. But I love aged yeah. Cheddar. I'm not sure if, if it will be too much. We'll see because this is a Keen's farmhouse oh, Cheddar. I've just gone straight. <laughs> That's what I mean by when you're eating when you've got cheese in front of you. I think it's almost impossible mm. to eat mindfully. By the way, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, whenever whenever I do my I do corporate events, I do private events as well, and at the beginning of the event I'd always say like just don't eat the cheese yet I will I'll tell you when you can dive in or try to leave a little bit because and also what's fun is like going back to the other cheeses as well and yeah. trying those with the other wines so even if you experiment and you try a pairing that doesn't work that helps your knowledge and your and of how to know which pairings do go together mm. so yeah if we smell this one I love the um chalky kind of note you get from a farmhouse cheddar yeah and is this, because Keynes has a few, is this the 18 month? Because their 36 is proper killer. Yeah, this, this, is, this is proper killer. This is proper yeah, killer. It is, oh, yeah, it is. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> cheese. Yeah, it's big. Um, it's yeah. kind of like, so I had a bit of the other cheese left over, the sheep's mm. milk one. And this um, is, has a cleaner nose mm -hmm. to me, like less kind of pungent and funky, but yeah. it's really, it smells so good. Yeah. Actually, this is this is more delicate than I thought it was going to be because I've had I've had Keen's ones, which literally always yep. <laughs> knock you over with how tangy and strong they are. But I think this might actually mm. work really well with the wine. Oh, I think they're quite well balanced. Um, the thing I I don't cheddar's not my favourite cheese at all, but I really love this one. Mm. I think there's a huge difference between farmhouse artisan and then your kind of generic block supermarket yep. cheeses. Yeah, that's lovely, and. The thing that runs through the salty tang slightly stays and doesn't kind of link with the wine so much, but the fruit and the mid palate of the cheese go really nicely together. Yeah, no, I think that's, <laughs> that was a good, a good second pairing. So Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Excellent. I like that a lot. So, should we go into the third pairing? Yeah, I oh, mean, are, are you more do? red than white or are you more white than red? Um, I'd say I'd probably lean more to white. When yep. pairing with cheese, um, but the cheeses that I bought today are really good with red wines. So I think nice. I think it will work really well. And pe lots of people don't realise sparkling wine with cheese is Very just amazing. It is especially your creamy, gooey cheeses because mm. the like the bubbles in the wine really refresh your palate. Um, and kind of sets you up for, for more eating, basically, yeah. which is what we all want. <laughs> yeah. So this is what you do for a living. That is just it is. so amazing. So yes. this is what Mouse and Grape is all about, pairing wines with cheese. 
Um, did we talk about like the most unusual pairing you've come across? No. Um, the most unusual pairing, I would probably say... I think actually pairing like a Stilton with Rosé. So I do I do that. And and that people do not expect that at all because you would think Rosé is very delicate. Um, but it's, it's almost like the red fruit flavours in a Rosé go really well with like the musky blue notes oh, in the Stilton. And it, again, it's more fruity. It just makes it taste more pronounced. Mm. And that's a really nice pairing, actually. One of the more unusual ones that people are like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And I'm like, I've never tried that. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend so, it. It's okay. really good. Sounds it's good. very good. Um, but yeah, I do. I do, obviously, my Mouse and Grape does like cheese and wine paired hampers. I do my tasting events as well. I've worked with a cheesemonger too. And then I've got a few exciting things planned for next year. So yeah. Ooh, can you tell of, us? <laughs> more in, in can person, we get the scoop? In-person events, definitely. Like ticketed events in or around London. Which will be really cool. Very cool. Mm, so and where are you based? Where's Mouse and Grape? I'm based? I'm based in North West London, um, but I the hampers can be shipped anywhere in the UK, and then I can also travel. <laughs> so <laughs> if you'd like me to go, I've got a hen party and event that's booked in Kent, and then another one that's in the Cotswolds. So yeah, yeah with within the Londony kind of M25 and beyond. Yeah. I've got to say, so I'm quite. Oh, I shouldn't really say this actually. I'm quite a lazy present buyer. Like, if someone <laughs> makes something easy for me, brilliant. And I have hit up Jess for some Christmas hamper presents because I was just like, sorted, that's amazing. And some of my family are going to be receiving those this year. Very oh, nice. Thank you, Sophia. I love yeah, them. I think people people love them because obviously, like, cheese and wine hampers, generally, it's not like a tasting experience in a hamper, and that's what I do. So it comes with like the tasting notes, it comes with the guide and each pairing has two, each wine has two specific cheeses with it that I've paired purposely with it. So yeah, yeah it's fun nice. to kind of educate and show people that. Very nice, that sounds all right my street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting one of those. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Okay, red wine. Yes, get an order in. <laughs> uh, so you bought a Cabernet and I bought a Cabernet Franc. So who nice. should go first? Um, yours will probably be lighter than yeah, mine. Yeah, I think the cabinet oh, thing. Okay. Mine is a pretty punchy Kunawara. Mm. Okay, well, I have Did a... Did you just down your first wine? Okay. No, no, I done, right, I've done, the, done the Slovenian one because it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but go back to the Rueda one, actually. Yeah? It's opening up more. And that's the Lee's treatment. It's, it's uh, pretty magical. Mm. It smells like... Um, Melon and orange now. Changing Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I have to confess I finished mine, so. <laughs> 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 okay, so I have got a Cabernet Franc and uh, anyone who's listening who might know me knows I'm slightly obsessed with Cabernet Franc as a grape. I think it's brilliant. You get obviously the leafy green Cabernet Francs of the Loire Valley. Um, in Villainy, the southern part of Hungary, you get really intense, deep, rich Cabernet Franc. Um, this is Lake Balaton, so this is a volcanic region in western Hungary, and you have real freshness here, but you get much more sunshine than you do in the Loire Valley, so you get more of that cherry-rich kind of fruit nice. as well. So did you buy this fresh off your Hungary trip where we met? I did not. I've had this wine for a long time. Oh, uh, really? And I really it out My today. pleasure. It's really? Savoir Estate. We actually bought this when the 2018 was first released, uh, which was in 2019. I bought quite a lot of it. And 
I was surprised how well it drank one year after harvest. Gosh, it's a really special one. It just keeps getting better and better. Oh, I think quite the fun. nose is fantastic. It, it, it smells really fine. It does, like, yeah. Really does. And you're, you're getting that vegetal aspect that you mentioned. It's like known for Cabernet Franc, but then also, yeah. I mean, the cherry notes, mm. the strawberry notes. It's very red fruit heavy. I get um, dried cranberries, you know, yes. when they're sticky and chewy. Mm. So, like, Beaujolais for me is like crunchy, fresh cranberries, but this is like, yeah, lovely and more caramelized. And have you noticed the smoke on the nose? Because this is Hungarian oak, and mm. the thing about Hungarian oak is it's more delicate than French and American, but it always has that wisp of smokiness. Yeah, nice. so it's not quite as intense on the oak, no. but you do get a slightly like tobacco. No, smoke it's really yeah, you do. I think also almost like a touch of vanilla as well. Like yeah. there's kind of a, a sweetness there that's that's rounding it as well. Like maybe it was like fruit and cream, like kind of yeah. creaminess. Wow, I, I, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be hard to beat okay. because um, people forget about Cabernet Franc because I love my lighter reds at the moment, right? My mm. tastes always change. But um, if I'm sort of, yeah, Friday night at home, I go for a Pinot Noir or a Gamay. But Cabernet Franc, of course, like it's in that vein of a, a lighter red that you can chill. Yeah, I would agree. And I think also we've been having a bit of a weird winter, haven't we? Because it's not really been freezing yet. And I think that's why the lighter red styles are working really well. And you, you are mm. definitely seeing more of them. I agree. I go for like Pinot Noir Beaujolais. I mean this. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is very good. Excellent. Yeah. Mine, mine is very different. <laughs> very, very it's, good to, it's good to have, have the contrast. Um, so having yeah. tasted it, do you like it as much as it smells? I mean, it smells great, but it carries through, right? You get surprising richness out of the wine you do and it it, it definitely like the the, the flavor profile like transforms as the time goes on so it starts very fruity and then the woody smokiness kind of comes in second mm. but then it still does have a finish as well that you yeah. can, can taste i like how when you sort of do the um aerating in your mouth thing yeah um that the slight floral notes sort of actually you can sort of like taste them and it's yeah. not like eating flowers but <laughs> in a pleasant way it's, it's edible precious. flowers yeah. there's edible yeah. flowers that you get yeah. in the michelin star restaurants it's you know very smooth so like the tannins are very smooth it's they're not, very smooth i mean yeah. they're, they're there but they're not overpowering at all and it, it yeah it's, it's a very nice wine well it was so approachable three years ago and i just think it's easier and easier and easier to drink which is great <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so what are we going to pair with the Cabernet Franc? So I've so the, the two cheeses that we have left, I think it would be really nice with that with the cheddar. Um, but I feel like we've, we've used the cheddar, so we'll go on to another cheese. Okay. Um, but I think I think let's try it with the, we've got the um, Colston Bassett Stilson. And then I'm going to save the two-year age Gouda for the big Cunoara yes. <laughs> finish. Yes. Okay. So I think let's try it with the Stilson. Wow. Ooh, Stilton's so I'm going to um, kind of slice this cheese with a bit of a cracker. Yeah, and here we've got wafer crackers, which Ooh. I really like because they really, they don't take on like a, a big flavour and they've got a really lovely crunch to them. They're really nice with soft cheeses as well. Who wants to hear the crunch? It's very satisfying. Oh, very nice. And we don't even have a sound effects thing here. This is just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, real life. Mm. We were really in that plane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stunning Stilton. Oh, and it's just very creamy. Mm. So I really appreciate you choosing these crackers because I'm someone that will 
I, I often leave crackers yeah. at the side because I think exactly what you said. They take they they're overpowering too much yeah. over the cheese. So I sometimes just like a picker. I'll just sort of eat break off the cheese and eat it. Yeah, you can use the crackers as palate cleansers mm. between These the cheeses. Crackers, though, yeah, they're really nice. They're Australian. They're, they're, they're really nice they're great. and thin, and you can use them to slice the cheese. Yeah, they're really, really nice. Ooh. Oh, I didn't do the pairing. Yeah, but let's try it. Let's try it goes together. well. Yeah, it goes well. Yeah. Brings out cherry, but also in the blue cheese and earthiness. That's quite nice. That was oh, an earthy yeah, character from the cheese heavy. after. Oh my god, that's so good. Mm. See, I wasn't sure, but that is that work. I think that's that's possibly my favourite so yeah. far. Yeah. Well, well, no pressure. Mm. I was in the pairing. <laughs> <laughs> that pairing just works well because I think that really does. It showcases exactly what I was talking about yeah. about those harmonious flavours coming together, then enhancing one another, not being overpowering, but but kind of yeah, getting the best out of both. Mm. That is delicious. I would happily Absolutely. be eating and drinking that. Darn it. Oh, okay, go. so we are um, going to go for a big hitter next. Um, it is pretty punchy. So maybe to get us in the mood for this, let's talk about some punchy aspects of your career. Mm. Some <laughs> bits that have been harder than you imagined them to be. Um, yeah. Some challenges along the road. Any yeah. of those? <laughs> so many of those. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> thinking back through my my many, many challenges. Um, yeah, I, th I think starting a business in an industry that you actually don't have a lot of experience in is quite challenging. Um, and I feel like looking back on myself last year, and even two years ago, I was quite, um, I guess, <laughs> extremely confident to just go out there and go for it. Um, but then also, I but think- you need to be. Though. Yeah, you've got to be, you've got to put yourself out there, but it's been really great for me, especially, I'd say more from the cheese perspective, because I think the wine, I worked in a wine shop during um, lockdown for nine months and I had tasted through and done all the different things. But for me, it was like the cheese side of it. I actually, I love cheese, but I haven't before. All my hampers went out last Christmas. I'd never actually cut or wrapped cheese before until the day. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, because <laughs> I just didn't. You at the deep end. Yeah, I threw myself into the deep end. So th those have been, those have been some quite like challenging times. Um, also, I've had like, I mean, funny ones like Parcel Force last Christmas took, I had all my hampers like piling up for them to take and then they arrived, took them without telling me and only took half. So I then had to drive to the to the depot with the rest of the hampers in time for four yeah. when they were all going to leave. So it's like all those moments of like just mm -hmm. winging it and trying to get it all across and through. Um, I think also like dealing with all the like, I don't know, like paperwork and like, licenses and alcohol licenses and food licenses and that side of things mm -hmm. like the kind of getting my insurance done and yeah. the like qualifications is, is another part but there, there's so many things to running a business and I feel mm -hmm. like the more confident I become the more opens up of to things that I more things I need to do yeah it's I almost like you, you kind of find out more and then you're like oh okay there's a whole other level here that yeah. I didn't know about people don't see the behind the scenes stuff yeah they, no, they, they just don't. see you looking great and wrapping the cheese and yeah. giving the talks and all of that but all of that business acumen that you have to build yeah you do you do and I think um I really love it and I, and I love what I'm doing and it's definitely the right place for me to be um, but I think recently, actually, I've, I've been feeling quite, um, 
Overwhelmed is probably, well, no, probably a bit overwhelmed because it's like I've created this business. I'm about to go into Christmas, which will hopefully be a really busy time. I've already got some, like, quite a few Christmas orders in, so it will be fine. But it's, it's, it's massively risky. I'm literally, literally putting yourself out there mm -hmm. and you don't know for sure if the things that you're trying are going to work. And I'm the kind of person that I really care about what I do. I put so much effort in, and but there's no guarantees. So okay. it's kind of, it's, it's like... I'm, a, as you can probably hear, a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> and it's like trying to manage my own expectations um, and also pressure. So I can put a lot of pressure on myself to do, mm -hmm. to be everywhere, do everything at all times. Okay. And it's just not always possible. So yeah, does that ring true to entrepreneurs yes. of both of you? Very <laughs> familiar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially at Christmas. But yeah. I think we all need to, in the wine trade, just enjoy January. Yes, yes, I agree. Put your feet yes. up, go somewhere sunny, have a cheese ball for fun. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thing, yeah. And something I didn't, I mean, you'll know about this, Sophia, content creation. Yep, it's a whole job in itself. It is, it? yeah, it really is. Um, but that being said, I mean, even, I mean, challenges aside, I absolutely adore doing tasting events. And I yeah. love sending out the hampers. So I, I feel like as a first year of business, it, it's gone really well mm. and it is going to continue to to do well yeah. hopefully um, but it's kind of riding that that wave and everything is all on me which is which is amazing because I can create it and have fun doing it but then also if I don't do it no one else it's like it. there's no <laughs> fall guy you are the fall I guy. am the fall guy <laughs> and I'm the accounts department the marketing department the packaging department the cutting department the, the, mark, the, yeah, the everything. everything yeah you <laughs> also have to remember right in a content world today all your peers are everyone so yeah. it's not like when that I was, I was brand a magazine 10, near enough 10 years ago, started one and content creation even then was, we were prolific. We were putting stuff out all the time, Yeah. but it wasn't on social media really because Facebook was the big one back then. Um, I sound like an old man. I'm not, but there wasn't the same pressure whereas now. I look at it, I'm completely daunted by it. So the stuff that you two do is, yeah. to but, me, you know, crazy. <laughs> I mean, you all feel the same, Jess, I think. Like, that's a massive challenge in itself, putting yourself out there, being the face of your brand. Yeah. Like, I, I have the first few recordings of me trying to speak to camera in, like, 2020, and they're awful. Yeah. Like, they're quite hilarious, actually, because I would be so self-conscious, even though it was just a lens, you know. Yeah. That, oh. I completely Gives agree, me and I feel like also <laughs> it's like the 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 there's so many different mediums now. Like you've got to be on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, writing blogs, keeping your website mm. up to date. Like there's so many different things. Do I you think, need to be on TikTok? Yes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah tic TikTok is huge. Yeah, but it's, in there. But I'm I'm now I'm learning about it, and I think I think one one side of it is having the confidence to put your face at the front of it, mm -hmm. and to see yourself on camera. And I'm not quite there with the dancing. I know. No, like, I like the, the dancing, the pointing. I don't, I don't think that's me. The pointing. I know. I know it's but, not. But, but me, the thing is, that no. those. It's like looking. It's like the videos and the things that do well. You, you kind of they're doing it's well a for a reason. So it is. It is. It's, it's dancing. It's being fun. It's it's doing all the stuff. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. You'll see. Well, maybe next year you'll see me dancing and pointing. I don't think you will. Well, but. I think we need some <laughs> Kunawara steak okay, company on to be able do. to dance. Exactly. Yeah. By the end of this podcast, I'll be dancing. Okay. I'm gonna pour it out for you. So we're talking about perseverance. I think this leads very well into perseverance, actually, because yeah. this is the 64th vintage of this um, Australian. 
Australian Cabernet Sauvignon. This is 2019 from the Winds um, Estate, and um, Kunawara is the region that we're looking at. Um, I, well, I was going to totally drop a. I met the winemaker, but <laughs> but I did. Right. You do it. <laughs> so Sarah Pigeon is the winemaker. Um, she's been at the estate since '98, and um, herself and Sarah Hodder have had like two decades of like working together. So championing women in wine, first of all. Excellent. Cheers. <laughs> Remember what I'm saying? <laughs> I, should, I should just footnote here, right? The winemaker for Saba is a 28-year-old chap called Berlin, so championing young, uh, young innovation. In the you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're really trying to well. win Jess over here. <laughs> okay, but let's, let's talk about the wine, shall we? Okay, so this is a big red. It's a punchy red. Um, mm. It has all the hallmarks of a Kunawara cab sav, so like that kind of a eucalyptus note, yeah. very deep dark black fruits um you can smell that the eucalyptus yeah, yeah very can, much so can't you the very interesting thing i think is i've been in the wine trade seven years not long still a baby in it but i drink maybe australian cabernet twice maybe three really? times a year if that i really i don't know what it is i think because early days i probably drank a lot of it mm-hmm. and I don't know, I just haven't revisited it. I don't know what it is, but... It's the same with me. It smells great, though. Yeah, a few things. Like, early days, I drank a lot of Rioja, and I don't mm. anymore. And when I do drink it, I'm like, why don't I drink yeah, more of that? Yeah. Um, so and much of it is a habit. It's yeah. What you, get in, what you get used to drinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I think it's lovely. Yeah. It's very deep in colour, but full flavoured. Um, it really is like that classic expression of a Kunora Cabernet Sauvignon, mm. and, and very still quite. It's not overly extracted. Like it's not like a punch in your face <laughs> sort of thing. No, like it has that elegance. But the interesting thing is, we've moved from dried fruit, like you were saying, on mm. the Cabernet Franc, to the kind of world of cassis and that kind of liquor fruit. Yeah, very like much so. Stewed like fruit as yeah, well. Yeah, sweet liquor fruit, stewed fruit. Yeah. It's got a lovely jammy quality, but it's not like sickly sweet. It's mm-hmm. not yeah. too much. It's really, it's it's not quite refreshing, but like I'm not, I'm, I'm not kind of like overpowered by it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like holding back a bit, which I quite yeah. like. And I think it's those herbaceous notes in it, like yeah. the, the eucalyptus, even like a little bit of licorice, that sort of thing. Um, but I chose it because I thought it would be brilliant with cheese. Yes. So we're going to go... Which cheese did you so say? So it's the aged Gouda now. Oh, yes, Definitely. Please. And it, this is one I think this is just such a perfect cheese for explaining how cheese and wine goes together. Because mm, if you smell it, it just smells... Whoa. Yeah, it's a, it's a big cheese. That <laughs> a is. A big cheese. But Pretty it's like coffee. Musky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in Amsterdam earlier this week, and it just smells like Amsterdam. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> in what a way, Ben. Just um. d- d- Dutch gouda everywhere. Yeah. Like, sm- wow, I wasn't everywhere. thinking that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't even on that trope. I was very much about the cheese. What trope are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like a coffee note, butterscotch. Ooh. Yeah, a caramel, caramel, like burnt caramel. Yeah, burnt, definitely burnt. Um, so yeah, and if you taste it, it's, like it's got those lovely salt crystals that kind of explode. Um, but the thing I like about it is that it's quite drying in your mouth, um, but it has the acidity. 
so it's it's a really well balanced cheese. Um, wow, it is so powerful. Mm. I always try, think of um, with the wine. Gouda like fudge. I can yes. have love a little bit of it, and then you know when you're trying to eat a whole that. bar of fudge. <laughs> sorry, Ben, I had no, to interrupt you there because that is a gorgeous pairing. Oh my god, yeah. that's a powerhouse pairing. It is. Fruity, caramel, sweet. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's that's like, Christmas. That's Christmas. It is Christmassy, yeah. And it's the, the aged gouda is one of the cheeses in, in my Christmas hampers because it, it ha- encapsulates everything that is great about like the Christmas flavours. Mm. But also it's just such a great one because it does go with massive big red wines. Mm. So if you if you want like a, a fail-safe pairing. Actually, last year, I don't know if they do it this year, but Lidl did. Fantastic aged gouda, actually. Mm. So if you're if you're on a bit of a budget, that that's a really good place to look as well. But yeah, it's just it's a fantastic one. It is lovely. I do feel like after a block of gouda and this delicious cabernet sauvignon, I will need a long lie down. Yes, it is. It's not horrific, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like the end of Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> like fireside. Um, People do love their big reds, don't they, in winter? They do. Um, but I would say, you know, because they always, the classic one is Bordeaux, obviously, but people in this country love their Malbec and they love their Rioja. But look at Australia. Like, Cunamara Cabernet Sauvignon is just, you know, they've been making it for this one since 1954, this exact wine. Mm. But, um, you know, they're not, you know, this whole old world, new world thing. Yeah. Like The thing I like about Australia, it, though, is that it's, it's not too overly jammy. Yeah, and I think that sometimes it's, you can get, especially with like a Shiraz, it can just be so like sweet and jam, and it just tastes like you're drinking. I don't know, like a kind of, it almost a bit powdery. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ooh, this, yeah. this is just yeah, it's, it's doing all the right things for me. I, I really like it. Fine, it has a yeah, definitely a finesse to it, doesn't mm. it? Oh, you got a tough decision. I to really do. Yeah, really um, so ready for this? The wines you've had are you've had the. So, so do I need to pick my favourite one? One. Yeah, just one. Not just even favourite white, favourite red, just your so favourite one. You can explain it afterwards, but before you talk about each wine, mm. pick your favourite. Go go in, break one of our hearts. But I mean, if, yeah. If Don't you were, look at us. Should we turn around? If you were to taste something, or if you were to take a bottle home. Yes, if I was to take it home. Yeah, there you go. Like you're really trying hard to win this time, aren't you? Oh, it's honestly, it's 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 so unbelievably close. Um, uh, I would say, and stop looking at Jeff. It's it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's between the two reds, if I'm honest. Oh, and I'm I'm really because I just. Ah, <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna say my my favourite out of the two would probably be. I'm gonna to have to say the Kunara. But, <gasps> but, no, 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 it is, it is my favorite, but it's so close. It's so unbelievably <laughs> close. Just because I just think that the, the, this Kunawara with, with pairing with cheese as well, this, with the Stilton, it would be amazing. With the Gouda, it's amazing. And I just think it shows everything. I thought, well, you're so angry with me. <laughs> Are you... I'm not, honestly, it's fine. <laughs> you know what? I did think it would be the Cabernet Franc. Yes. Because I actually would, t- I will take this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, I think that from, from my perspective, in terms of, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to have to go over it with a cheese pairing in ah. mind. 
No. I'm going to say the... Ben, I, I And the stilton was delicious. I thought it was your time. <laughs> <laughs> because Apparently your, your not, white though. was yeah. huge. The white was the best wine on the table. Okay. Well, two no. of us disagree. <laughs> no, it's honestly this is this is so no, hard. I would I would say it's between the three. So it's the no. Don't sorry. Do like if you're doing because you like me more, you know, <laughs> I won't look at you. You can. No, say. I see. I just I just really like that Kunawara, and I think because I've I've had wines in the past that from Australia as well that aren't as well rounded, and I just I think it's really nice. Mm. Sorry, Ben. It's all right. That's all right. I will survive. That is five times. <laughs> <laughs> is it five times? Five times. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let, make you feel uh, better. It took me five times to pass my driving test. Did it? Oh, that so make that feel means you'll yeah. win on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much, John. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I just told As I've said to everyone before, we'll invite you back to make the right decision next time. <laughs> I look forward to that very much. So, no, thank you guys so but much no, for having me on. It's been such a thank nice you, time. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, it was a pleasure. a pleasure. And thank you for the cheese. The cheese was delicious. You're so welcome. Um, I'm cheese drunk. Yes, the cheese <laughs> is lovely. Well, make sure you check out Mouse and Grape uh, and say hello to Jess for your next cheese and wine pairing advice. Tell it, what's the website? It's um, mouseandgrape.com. Awesome. Perfect, nice and easy. Excellent. Well, we'll see you next week where we have, who do we have next? We have Rob Buckhaven from the Metro. He's the wine columnist there. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Let's hope he picks my one. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you. This was a podcast produced by Ben Frank's Wine and edited by Catherine Ag. To find out more, visit benfranks.wine.